Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone knows that there's no other sport like hockey. From the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays. And now, there's no better way to make it even more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and each game, you can turn that knowledge into cash today with MyBookie. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book. You can risk a little, or a lot, on as many games as you want. With the Super Bowl right around the corner, there are daily gifts, free spins, plays, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100. You get it. Just use promo code THPN to activate the offer and start playing today. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. There's no better way to ring in the new year than with mybookie. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with episode 38, and the Rangers have come off a very tough and disappointing loss at home against the Dallas Stars. But uh, before we get into that game and preview the upcoming game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, you'll know the result of that, obviously, since you'll be listening to it the day after the game is played, but we are recording before. Something has happened to me in the hockey world and I first want to start off by congratulating myself because I am officially recognized as a full-fledged journalist with a capital J, a capital J journalist. You're looking at him, you're, you're listening to him right now and I just want to thank the person in Ohio who called me a journalist even though he was bashing me. He called me a journalist And that's probably the nicest compliment I've ever gotten. So for those of you who have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, uh, I also blog uh, part-time with a website called The Morning Skate. And you can listen to their their podcast as well. And they actually have a good relationship with the Hockey Podcast Network. We're all friends here. 
but today, Andrew, I want to I want to give you a little brief history of uh, what my last 24 hours have been like as a journalist and, you know, kind of how we move and navigate the waters from now on since, you know, I, I'm a little bit more credible, I think, than you are since I am a capital J journalist. So, you know, right, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, you can, no, you can I was going to say that. No, I was going to say that uh, despite uh, going to school uh, for journalism, I n- didn't end up writing. So to actually to finally have a, a real journalist on this podcast is, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So I, I am very intrigued to to hear how the last 24 hours of heaven unfurled for you, because this is all new information for me. So uh, without, I guess, yeah, no more talking, James, take take it away. All right. Well, somewhere in the world of oh, actually, you know what? I'll I'll back up to the beginning. Uh, so yesterday, I was sitting at work with with my good friend Andy, who's not a journalist. Went to school for no, it, but no. is not a journalist. No, I'm not. And he told me about the the I guess it was a pl- the player agents that have you know uh, it was anonymous, but they basically said with the most least desirable. Uh, NHL cities or teams that you know the players kind of put on their no trade list is that correct that is correct it was an article in the athletic and it was an anonymous survey of uh, NHL player agents asking them a myriad of questions you know with like which GMs are the easiest to deal with which GMs are the toughest to deal with you know which uh, cities do players you know put on their no trade uh, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. it was a pretty interesting article so but um yeah uh, i'm that's i'm done jumping out I, I need to hear what how this went yeah down. so as uh, a blogger for the morning skate we put out there fun quick little articles uh you know sometimes we have a funny opinion on it you know just kind of uh take a different perspective on the hockey world we're not so serious and stuff like that um i might have to retire from there because now i am an actual journalist um so I put my opinion off of the athletic, the list that they put out there, which is probably you can find on Twitter or you can go to the morning skate uh, Twitter. I think I even tweeted the article too. Um, so basically I, I follow the list and Andy, do you remember the cities that were on the list? Yeah, I believe uh, to no to no shock to anyone, uh, the number one uh, team that appeared on no trade uh, list was Winnipeg, uh, followed by I believe what was it? it was Winnipeg, and then it was um, and I forget if it was Edmonton. Yep. Uh, I think Edmonton, Ottawa, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. I think that was like the the majority the top, of the oh, yeah. That was like, the top four. It was like the you know the. The, the colder uh, uh, nether reaches of uh, our neighbors to the north of Canada. So, and then they had a group of cities that basically all got like one vote. There was like seven of them. One was uh, Columbus, uh, the New York Rangers, uh, New Jersey Devils. I think Toronto got a vote, and uh, San Jose got a vote, and Minnesota got a vote. There was like a, that group, and I kind of went through and I said like, where the hell are those votes coming from? So I went down the line and I said, well, you know, New York City is obviously the biggest city in the world. A lot of media attention. Toronto has a lot of media attention. New York is, you know, a nightmare to be driving around. Like I could see players not wanting to be in that big of like big of a city. It's just like not for everyone. I mean, I don't really like New York City at all. I I work in it. I deal with it. It's got a lot to offer for sure. It's got an amazing culture and and, you know, amazing food and 
there's a lot of benefits to living in New York City. And there's, you know, obviously with everything that's great, there's there's the trade-off for what's bad. So I went down the list. And the only one that I really bashed was Buffalo. I just wrote LOL, of course. And I got to Columbus and I wrote, I don't think there's anything in Ohio. I can see why players don't want to be there. There's really nothing there. And uh, Columbus is a really small market. And I could see players that, you know, wouldn't want to, you know, spend their career there because you kind of just get buried and lost. And, and, you know, we do live in an age where you can market yourself pretty much anywhere you want. But holy cow, I must be on some forum. I We've been searching for it. But I have thousands upon thousands of views and I'm getting bashed for my view of saying that there's nothing in Ohio and that, you know, players wouldn't want to play there because it's too small of a market. And holy shit. I mean, the, I have my, the article is blown up. I I'm getting bashed. Uh, and, you know, the journalism comment basically comes from this guy who said, I'm going to see if I can find it right now. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty amazing to hear this guy. Here I got it. He quoted me. Columbus is too small of a market and there isn't anything in Ohio. End quote. That snippet much like much like inexperience of this journalist are a joke. Word of advice for this novice author. Stick to writing about subjects you're familiar with. Well, Raymond, uh-oh. Yeah, I'm you calling done you out. You done yeah. it now, Raymond. Well, Raymond, let me tell you something. Name one hockey player that you've signed in Ohio for a long-term contract. Name one star that hasn't left your team. I mean, I'm sorry LeBron left you twice. I'm sorry the Browns are a joke. I'm sorry that the Bengals are drafting first overall this year. I'm sorry. But Ohio is not a place where professional athletes want to be. You don't have anything remotely good in terms of sports. Cleveland, I don't think, has ever even won a World Series. Or if they did, they did it 100 years ago when you know baseball was just a, a joke. They were wearing pajamas when they were playing. And I'm going back at this guy. I'm not going to swallow my pride and you know just let it go. I'm going to tell you, this guy, Raymond, you're completely wrong. And, and he's not the only one. There, I've been, there's comments upon comments about how awful you know, my opinion piece was, and you know, if anyone should be mad, it was Buffalo. I didn't even write. I just wrote Buffalo, LOL. Of course. Like that was my <laughs> like response to like playing in Buffalo. And then he told me, and then there was also comments. Cause I chose Dallas. If I could choose anywhere to play, it'd be Dallas right now because I took into account the team, the current team, the city, the weather, and you know, j- just like the overall vibe. I thought Dallas was a, a good place to play. It's a, a team that could contend for a cup. Uh, Dallas, I've never been to, but it looks like a really nice city. Uh, I like Texas and you know, that, that was my, sorry for having an opinion, Raymond. Okay. I didn't know Ohio was the greatest thing. You know, I didn't know it was the greatest sports state in the entire world. So Andy, what, what are your (laughs) thoughts? And then, and then we can kind of get into, should I go back at Raymond with the whole, well, you know, Ohio is so great. Then why did Panarin leave? That's what I wanted to say. Listen, I, I think that, you know, it's off base for him to like, to try to discredit an opinion piece 
because you know that's what it is anyone who's reading it like you know we we read plenty i read plenty of hockey things that you know that i don't agree with but i don't then just jump on a message board i mean you know yeah technically yes he can he can too can have an opinion but to get that worked up about it is come on buddy like and not to mention in the first thing i said i don't even think he read the whole thing he must have got like like highlighted Columbus and seeing if I even mentioned it yeah. and then, and then read it. The first thing I said, I go, I haven't been to half these cities. So pretty much everything I say, I'm talking out of my ass. I'm just basically going off of the well, general. Well, the biggest like, thing. And I think the, the appeal of the morning skate is that there's so many, there's so many like different sites that try to like play both sides. Like they'll try to be straight news, but then they, they put in their, opinions and you don't really see a their point of view or b where that line is and what is fact or what they they play you know opinion off as fact which i love about the morning skate is like you said it has a different opinion has a different look at things and it's very clearly that everything is in the opinions of you know the people writing for it the whole thing you just see see it's like this is coming like from you trying to get inside of their head so i don't understand like listen obviously if you have pride from where you come from like i get it but at the same time if you just you know in the span of a minute and 30 seconds just rattles out uh, you know all these reasons like like you said stars leave in droves they come there either they're drafted there or they're traded there for a run or something and then they leave or they don't want to stay long term so you know when yes winning but there's you know there's probably a lot of markets that used to be that way and then winning kind of cures everything but until you know like you said until that takes place i'm sorry you know columbus is the whole reason people are very high on jack capuano is be right now or is he should probably win a jack adams because they had so many stars leave who were like we're not resigning we're leaving we're letting you know so they decide to keep everyone and they you know they had a good run last year they you know they uh the blue jackets uh ran through the the presence trophy winner in tampa but also obviously a nice play to place to play but you know but i digress but yeah they all left they didn't want to stay so it's clearly opinion raymond just relax you know cool your pies just just yeah don't get so worked up buddy come on yeah i'm singling raymond out because that was like the one of the funnier ones that i that were <laughs> like one of the first funnier ones that i've yeah. seen but there are like message boards about basically just trashing me about how I'm like, I'm not a real journalist, but if you're going to say that I'm not a real journalist, that's implying that I actually am a journalist Yes, or I was at one point was a journalist. So I'm, I'm taking that and running away with it. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to call you capital J journalist, James. Don't call you JJ for now. You're journalist. James. Yeah. I like that. It's got a good (laughs) ring to it. And, um, you know, maybe like, I mean, I've, I've been trying to get you into the journalism game <laughs> for a while. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, you know, you can just write pieces and I just edit them. Maybe like you write. I'll just start that or people, you know, just to pull a Dave Portnoy where I just have people write underneath me and I just like hit approve and submit, yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um. So this get, kind of <laughs> gets me into the whole question. Okay. You know, because, you know, I, I mean, I can go through the, the few cities that I mentioned. Honestly, I think the nicest thing I said was that was that Ohio thing was the nicest thing I said out of all the cities. I mean, Ottawa, I just. Oh, Capital J. Ottawa's getting a phone call. I know. I'm getting a phone call. I'm blowing up. Uh, you know, Ottawa, I wrote Ottawa is Ottawa. Like, I don't even know where I was even going with that. Western Canada. I mean, that's all you five, really have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Minus 500 degrees. But I did say Ottawa looked 
like a cool city and I would definitely go visit there. I said Montreal reminds me of New York City and it's too gray and I don't like New York City. Uh, well, that's the other thing. If you you it's not like you weren't hard on the city of the team you root for. You said that, you know, New York is crowded and, you know, obviously it's it's the thing it's about it's like a selling point to some is the the action and it's fun, exciting and like if you're a player that loves the the bright lights, that's good but a lot of these you know western canadians small town humble pie you know uh guys don't like that they don't they don't want too much pressure and they they want their own space and you know and peace and quiet and yeah so like you said you basically and i'm paraphrasing from your article uh new york city is a dump it smells it's overpriced it's way too crowded and this is the city of the team you root for so it's not like you're letting the rangers off easy you know yeah i'm in this city literally every single day so like so yeah, I'm not. I'm not. No one. This is see. This is the thing. There's no more honesty in journalism anymore. Everything's <laughs> all fake news and, and clickbait. Or I, this is I finally give an a, an opinion piece, and I'm honest and with you're everyone here, and I'm standing behind every single word I wrote. I mean, Minnesota. I think I took the biggest hit on in terms of like hockey, saying like, how can you call it the hockey state? You've already lost a pro team there, so it just seems like they're all about hockey until it comes to rooting for a pro team like that. That right there, I can see people getting actually angry about yeah. because I'm sure that had nothing to like their fandom and their love of hockey had nothing to do with the, the stars moving. And I'm sure it was, you know, financial and some, you know, <laughs> dick, you know, moving the team down to down to Dallas to try to capitalize on a, a on a monetary basis. But, um, you know, I mean, we're an anti-hurricane podcast in general, uh, you know, just because uh there was, you know, a similar situation basically happened with the Carolina Hurricane fan base. And uh, they it actually got to the point where they started, you know, uh, giving one stars to the Morning Skate podcast. So eventually a truce had to be made and we are working on recovering that uh, <laughs> th- those five stars. But this, this is another question that I w- will want to ask you because sure. I thought it was interesting. And I, I know this isn't really about the Rangers, but no, we, this is important. We can, we can work it in. Yeah. Um, you know, with everything that happened with the the Panarin signing and and knowing that New York had like the most to offer uh, in terms of what he was looking for, where where would you want to play yourself? And and, you know, as a Ranger fan, is New York a place that, you know, you would want to play in or would you want to explore other options? Well, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that a lot of players, young players that grew up in and around either New York city or long Island or the tri-state area. Most of them want to play for the Rangers. I think there's been like, you know, it there, you can find snippets of players previous to being drafted about like, Oh, it'd be a dream for, you know, whether it's a, a Trevor Zegris or um, yeah, any of the, what's his name for plays for Anna, whatever. There's just so many, you know, New York produces a good amount of prospects. Um, and yeah. And I'm, I would be no different because I think I, two would want to play for the Rangers. But that being said, you know, I, it's one thing to say that as a, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a fan sitting on a couch and who knows that if I had ascended the ranks of youth hockey to, or college hockey or whatever, to finally make it to the NHL, if I would feel differently, mm-hmm. that being said, if I couldn't play for the Rangers, I would, um, I would definitely like to play for, I think for me, it's important that it's like, you know, I, I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. I'd like to play for an organization that does a good job taking care of its players, but at the same time, you know, I, I would also want to play in a nice location. So like, 
I'd like to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning because I feel like they check both those boxes. There's no state tax. It's beautiful down there. It's warm. Uh, you're on the list. you're on the the Gulf side, which is a little bit quieter of Florida. You know, you have a nice house on the water or whatever. Uh, you, you can go live your life in an- anonymity, and then at the same time, you can you know, uh, yeah. And it's just like I said, no state tax, which is awesome. So uh, I like to play there. I like Dallas. I think Dallas would be a great place to play. That was um, my pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, I even and I know it's on the list, but even I I don't think I would mind playing in, in Montreal. You know, I kind of me personally, I, I like, you know, I think it'd be exciting to live around, you know, with it in such a, you know, diverse cultural area like that, you know, historically, you know, diverse. So that'd be awesome. I I'd love that challenge, you know, but I don't know if I'd necessarily. Yeah, even as a fan of the Rangers, the thought of you know having to live in New York City and being real, you know, even though you're you're probably not as bad as Toronto, that you can still kind of operate as being, you know, you you still would get recognized. I definitely wouldn't want to play in Toronto. You know, forget that. Like, no way, no how. Uh, yeah, and as far as the rest of the Canadian teams go, I'd oh I I loved I love. Uh, the Pacific Northwest. So I'd play for the Canucks because it's absolutely beautiful there, Vancouver but the rest is an of amazing the, place. Yeah. Sure. But the rest of them, uh, I don't know, nah, probably not. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to play for Calgary's not too bad. I have family in Montana, so it would be nice to be close to there. So Cal, maybe Calgary, but the rest, not Edmonton, not Ottawa, not Toronto. Yeah. So yeah, then, but that's just me though. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I'll say about, you know, my blog was, Nashville. A lot of people choose Nashville, but I said it's too fake country for me, and, like, <laughs> and I I didn't want that vibe. I I mean I've been to Nashville before. I'm going again actually in a few in a in a, in a couple months. It just wasn't. It's not you know it's not for me. Like I like the city. It's a lot of fun, but I I don't think I want to live there permanently. Like it's really just one strip. It's kind of fake. It's a lot of bachelor bachelorette parties. Um, you know, the people down there are very nice, good food, you know, overall it's a good vibe. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Just, and, I, you know, living and, there and like working there essentially is what you're doing. I, it just wouldn't be for me. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm sure all these people that are getting mad are probably like, oh, well, you're just describing like broad, you know, Broadway in Nashville. If you go to this other, like, again, this is clear. Like you said, it's, this is clearly just like an opinion piece. So why are you getting? So it's not like you're doing making opinions and using them as definitive statements, you know, Stephen A. Smith style. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You're not, you're not saying like Nashville can't win because there's too many distract. Like you're not saying these type of things. You're just saying, I don't wouldn't want to live there because to me it feels too, I'm not into the whole honky tonk Broadway thing, like, which is clearly an opinion. So people who are, you know, anyone who's getting their, uh, you know, their, uh, their underwear in a bunch needs to just chill, take a chill pill, just relax. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was basically how I wanted to start off, you know, everything and just address it. And it's obviously hockey related. So I figured uh, it would fit. And the whole theme, too, I ironically chose Dallas as the place that I would most want to play currently. And don't get me wrong. This changes constantly. Like, you yeah. asked me two years ago, it probably would have been San Jose or, you know, even even Tampa. But, you know, I I also understand that, you know, when those markets are struggling, I'm sure it's a struggle to be there and stay there. Yeah, the weather's nice, but, you know, going to a 
a certain city and a certain market when you're a pro athlete is, is so much more than the city. You know, it just, it's the whole, the current state of the team. It's, you know, the culture there. It's like how long you're there. If you feel stuck there, who the coach is there, like there's a million factors. So like this is changing, this changes constantly in my head and it should be for you know, everyone. Like there, unless you're you know from a certain city, like New York, like you'd always want to play there. I think, even on a bad Rangers team, you know, you'd still have the time of your life because, you know, you grew, you know, grew up around here. You, you grew up going to the Ranger games and, you know, it means a lot to you. So, um, and stuff. So let's get into the game. And, uh, um, I don't know if you had a, an opportunity to watch it, but, um, you know, this is something that, you know, I said that Dallas wasn't going to get a ton of shots on goal, which I was right, but, they know how to capitalize. They're an experienced team. Uh, they know how to win games. Uh, their power play is dangerous. Uh, Joe Pavelski, you can't you can't leave him open in front of the net when shots are coming in on the point because I don't. If he was a baseball player, he'd be batting nine hundred. That's how good his eye hand coordination is. Um, you know, but it was a night of special teams and power plays when total five for seven for both teams and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we came up a little too short and weren't able to capitalize on, on our opportunities enough. So, um, yeah, we walk away in a rough five, three game. Uh, what did you, what's your takes from it? Um, what did you see throughout the game? You know, we going into that game, we had spoken on the podcast that we, what we could easily see happening is that just the Rangers just losing their structure at times. And then, Dallas doing damage on the counterattack. And I did see a bit of that. Um, but I also just saw overall the the Rangers kind of struggling against. Uh, yeah, just I don't even know if it was just like momentary lapses. I just didn't like some of their coverage, to be honest, in the defensive zone. They. I thought they started out the game well. Um, they really put some pressure on early. You know, obviously the power play goal helps. Um, Quinn, I. I've had Quinn's back a lot this year. I'm probably not as hard on him as some other people, but I I even didn't really mind him getting a bench minor for getting fiery, but you really have to be sure if you're on the power play and it goes, you know, because at that point it's a tie game. It's not, it's not like it's one zero and you're behind you're even it sucks, but it is what it is, but you really have to be sure. And yeah, he maybe looked like he thought, but if you're not, if it's not, super if you don't have the guy upstairs saying we have definitive proof that you can see it clearly hits like why why are you gambling on that that's just my opinion i know some people thought it was the right call but i i didn't i thought you know and obviously you know dallas scores again now they're up uh the rangers get one back on a similar you know challenge uh kako makes a takes a nice shot low for a rebound perfect placement you know it bounces up howden quickly gloves it down and gets a stick on it uh, you know, luckily before it goes in. So it's not like he bats it in. So, you know, and it's tied. But then in the second period, it was just, yeah, they actually, and the Rangers actually spent more time, I think, in Dallas's end than uh, Dallas did in theirs. It's just that just some of their coverage, I just, they were kind of things that they, they'd been playing tighter recently, which I like, but they, they got away from that. Guys were coming in, uh, in just coming to the slot. And then the person who's supposed to be covering him is, you know, three strides behind him trying to catch up to him before he can take a direct, you know, a high danger shot right from the slot. So yeah, I don't, again, it's old, 
old uh, problems seemed to be plaguing them. Um, and even in the third, when they were down, I thought I didn't like the amount of pressure Dallas was able to apply at times. You know, the Rangers obviously were missing Kreider, which, yeah, I mean, says a lot, obviously, just because there was a lot of shifting around. Uh, Buchnevich got benched because Quinn didn't like his effort. You know, I thought Buchnevich started the game out well. I think he it, he didn't play that great the rest of the game, but there was a, a bunch of other forwards who didn't play that well either. And for whatever reason, you know, Butch, apparently it was something that Quinn uh, has harped on with Butch before. So he just said, you know, forget it. he's doing that thing again. So I'm going to bench him after he complimented him the last game. So, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, just not enough from, you know, Panarin and, not the Panarin's gone cold, but Strom has gone pretty cold. So it looks like tonight that uh, there's for the game against Toronto, uh, Quinn's going to split them up and put Panarin with Heedle and Fost. So we'll see how that plays out. But um, yeah, just not just, I guess to sum it up, it was just uh, plagued by old bad habits and just, they weren't. Uh, yeah. And it's some of the goals that were just simple things, like things that should have been easy breakouts, just hesitation and just not, making a clean pass or trying to do a bank pass and it's just too far, like things that shouldn't happen. Like, you know, that's one thing if you are stripped or you try, you force, try to force some offense and something happens, but these are things that you, there was very little pressure. You had ample time to make a pass and you just, because you're trying to wait for something better, you give yourself, you know, you run out of time and then you try to rush to your initial intention and then it gets picked off. Like that's, you know, that's, and that, that simply can't happen. You need to, the Rangers definitely need to be more decisive on their breakouts and be, make sure there's uh, outlets available because I thought they were their forwards were kind of flying the zone a little bit too much and it kind of put them in uh, trouble a few times. So yeah, I, you know, and like to go back to the you know or the first period, you know, uh, Buchnevich gets a, a a nice power play goal. You know, Rangers go up one nothing early, and you think you know, all right, this is a game they're going to be up for it and stuff like that, and you know, you you got a lot of positive thoughts going through your head, and then. It just seems like that challenge was totally deflated the Rangers. Now, for those of you who don't know, the puck looked like it hit the netting and then came down when the Rangers were on a penalty kill. And after the play, there was you know a goal, so they challenged it. Uh, and it turns out that it hit the top of the glass. Now, I thought it actually hit the netting from the one angle, and then and then the and then well MSG I guess they show this unbelievable angle that clearly shows it hit the glass and i'm like well where was this angle before like why wasn't this shown on tv because essentially isn't the bench looking at like the ipads that are give the lot the msg feed yeah i mean that actually confused me too it's like because if they showed the if they were looking at the msg feed because you could see sometimes behind the bench you know they see you see the msg feed in the background and like if they're watching that and they see the angle that I saw it at there is a hundred percent. I understand why Quinn challenged. Now if they sh just sh were normal and showed multiple angles. They were literally showing an angle from the other end of the ice and you couldn't even see the top of the glass. It's like, what, what are we, what are we doing? Like, why are you even showing this? Just, you might as well just keep put, you know, you know, put the cameras back on the refs or something because that you that would give a better indication of what's actually happening. And, you know, you just I just felt like they kind of botched it in a way where it was like, you know, un, not unprofessional, but like un, 
they just did it to do it, I think. And it totally backfired. And then, you know, of course, they scored their second power play goal in a row, Pavelski against. So, you know, then I kind of felt deflated. But then, you know, Howden scores on a really nice play, uh, you know, from Lemieux and Kako. So now it's 2-2 going into the second period. And you're thinking, all right, you know, this is okay. You know, I'll take it. You know, Dallas is definitely a better team than us. But, you know, we're at home. We're staying alive here. We're not giving up. Man, the second period, it just felt like, you know, everything we they they did exactly what I thought Dallas would do. They kept us to the outside. We got a you know a decent amount of shots on goal, but like there was never that second or third opportunity where you're like, oh man, we just had it. It was just one opportunity, and it just seemed like Dallas, you know, never really panicked. They just gathered the puck and then they would get it out and turn the other way and go and and kind of you know create their own chances just through fu- frustrating us and playing good positioning. And then, of course, yeah, it, of course, like Stephen Johns gets his first goal in like two years against the New York Rangers. And just I don't know, I, I kind of felt like after that challenge, you know, the Rangers never even though like even though like at that point it was only like, you know, four two. And then they obviously made it, you know, five two with the with the uh, Corey Perry goal. But I just felt like the Rangers were always out like they were never actually in this game from that point on. No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought the. At one point, I was like, you know what? I think D. Giuseppe looks the most dangerous right now. And then I was like, oh, that's I remember that's probably not a good thing. Although, you know, he was maybe the one of the very lone bright spots. I thought I really liked how he played with urgency, kept not, you know, he was putting pucks on net a lot. He kept going to the, you know, the high danger areas. And I was like, wow, I really why can't this guy be on our fourth line full time? He was at least getting like making dirty, you know, he's getting chances. Well, I mean, and granted, yes, he did. They did slot him right in the Kreider spot. So, but you know, for a guy who you would think skill wise might be a little outmatched there, I liked how he played. I didn't. I thought he had jumped to his game. No, I like and Kako, and I thought Kako again had a good game. You know, especially does a good job on the. Uh, he gets the primary assist because he takes the shot for the for the uh, goal for um, yeah. So for Howden's goal. So, but uh, you know, another good game for him. But yeah, other than that, just not enough. Uh, yeah, the Rangers seem to struggle with teams that just stay calm and keep structure and they have a hard time breaking it, you know? Yeah. So they need to start. That's the one thing I think they need to figure out is that when teams do that, you know, they, the Rangers are very, they love to score on finesse drop passes or pretty passing plays a lot. And, you know, and I think, and Quinn has harped on this is that when it comes down for them to hunker down and simplify and just try to get in front of the net and get tips and create havoc, they really don't, yeah, they don't seem to be doing that enough, you know, especially, you know, so, which is funny because I feel like their power play has been so good recently because they have been doing that on the power play. You know, they had grown a little stale and predictable for a while, but now they're scoring. They're like one, of, I think in the last month, they've been like one of the better teams in the league. I think they've, they've jumped up to like eight or nine or something after being like, you know, a bottom, a bottom 10 team, you know, so um, yeah, but they just need to make sure that they're keeping teams on their toes and they're getting guys in lanes and looking to take to draw attention away. Cause it's always like them approaching the net and looking for a, a trailer or, you know, a cross crease pass. And it's not, never just a guy literally beelining for the net and tying up and being like, you know, looking for the tip and taking eyes off of, you know, the puck carrier, they need to do that more. And they, they're really clearly not doing that. Yeah. It, it, you know, and like, we'll go back to the power play, you know, they went three for three last night, you know, man, it's gotta be, I would love to see how many home teams have gone three for three on the power play and lost that game. It's just like 
it's just one of those odd things that like the Rangers, you know, when their power plays clicking and stuff like that, you know, they should be able to win hockey games. Like there's no reason to give up, you know, five goals against the Dallas stars that, you know, like to win low scoring battles. And, and it's just frustrating to see that even though the Rangers are dictating the play, they never really established a, a hard forecheck. And, and you're right, you know, like guys like Di Giuseppe, you know, they looked effective out there because he is banging bodies and, and disrupting the play and, and, you know, kind of breaking that, uh, you know, that structure that the Dallas stars have, and you just don't see that enough. And, and that's why a fourth line is so important too. And I know Di Giuseppe was, uh, you know, fill in for Kreider, but you know, that's kind of what you expect at the fourth line. And I thought our fourth line was exceptionally bad last night. Like I, I didn't see anything from them. I mean, Smith took, you know, uh, his coverage. Oh my did, God. That was a bad, that was a dumb penalty. I mean, awful Jesus penalty. Christ. McKeg. I mean, did you see the, the Corey Perry, the last goal? It's just like the whole McKeg out there is just awful. Like his coverage is, he's not doing anything well defensively. He's in the wrong spots. And, and Corey Perry was able to, you know, to, to score a goal because, you know, no one, no one's picking him up. And, you know, it just, it's really frustrating because then you see guys like the Giuseppe. And again, I know he was penciled in on, you know, on that second line. Um, or I guess he could have said the first line. Um, you know, you just see like that there is talent in the AHL. If they just like gave those guys an opportunity just to be, you know, wreak havoc, go out there, have fun, skate your balls off and, and, and hit everything. And when you play teams like Dallas that rely on structure and poise, you know, to win hockey games and that, that experience and skill that they have, you know, you could come out with victories in those games. If you have, you know, a fourth line that's willing to do that. And, and you saw, you know, the power play, you wasted a game where you went three for three on a power play and you lost at home. Like, come on. I know we're young and inexperienced, yeah. but you know, it's just frustrating to watch. Yeah, And it's funny because to your point about the fourth line, it's like, Seeing what we saw from Di Giuseppe, I think a lot, you know, and when everyone's healthy, kind of, and not knowing where to put either Lemieux or Howden, I think a, a line of whether it's they take turns, but a line of either Lemieux or Howden with Gettinger and Di Giuseppe would be a good fourth line. You know, Nieves is hurt right now, yeah. I think, but, um, but same thing. I think guys that have shown they can produ- produce, you know, obviously it's not a fourth line rate, but it's like they can do, you know, they can make stuff happen, especially if you're getting a guy that you see is maybe more of a third liner than a fourth liner jumping down there, taking turns, you know, between Howden and, uh, and Lemieux, you know? So um, I'm curious to see what happens tonight with, you know, if Kreider ends up playing, comes back healthy. Now Strom is probably going to be the third line center. Uh, I don't know if that, what that means is that he's going to, you know, play between, uh, um, you know, Kako and, or, you know, especially with Buchnevich in the doghouse, I wonder, I do wonder if that means Kako is going to play on the first line with Kreiner's advantage ad. And then uh, you'd have uh Hedl, Fast, uh, Panarin, then probably, you know, Buchnevich between Strom and uh, either Lemieux or Howden. And then those two, you know, maybe even Buchnevich after being in the doghouse might take some shifts on the fourth line, but the way he can drive play, there's, you know, no kind of no excuse for, that middle sex to not at least have something. Cause I, I do think, I think it's funny having an older guy, even though I don't think he's the most stout defensive guy, I think he makes a lot of mistakes too, but 
at least a guy like Strom, who's smart and knows where to be playing with, you know, the two of the kids might end up being. Yeah. Good. And you know what? He, he didn't go for a minus yesterday. This Strom. He had five shots on goal, led the team in that and, you know, played over yeah. 20 minutes that he's third. Uh, he's, he was third behind Panarin and Zibanejad in playing time. So, of course. you know, again, for those that say he doesn't do anything without Panarin, there's a lot to say for a guy that's playing over 20 minutes, getting five shots on goal and, and, and staying even in a. Yeah, he's smart and he knows where to he knows where to be in the, the offensive zone. Yeah. So I think he's he's a pretty versatile guy, which is good to have, especially a guy who's, you know, maybe can't drive a line by himself, but he can. You know, he knows when to be the the guy coming in late to get try to get his happen. He knows when to be the guy to fake himself as the the shooting threat, and then he can thread a pass and find a guy. So yeah, that'll be interesting yeah, experiment. So um, I did want to ask you, uh, what do you think of you know our defense and Hank? I mean, you know, I kind of and I know you mentioned this before, and I I tend to agree with you. I, I don't know, maybe there are they. Are they showcasing Shea a little bit, you know, putting him with Fox, who's a little bit more reliable and, and you know, explosive offensively uh, to try to get, you know, maybe get Shea um, opportunities and kind of look good in the offensive zone? I don't know, because, you know, I think I, you know, I, I think that's definitely plausible. But at the same time, it's like why he Quinn said he's made some of the D changes as of late. Is that, you know, especially cause he said he liked how they played in the first two periods of the last game, but then kind of put Trub and Shea back for the third period, just cause he thought they got away a little bit. Uh, this is being the, the Detroit game before the blues game. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry the the yeah. Dallas game, excuse me. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, as far as Hank's performance goes at, you know, coming off of a shutout, it's tough because I thought he made some good saves. Uh, some of the, like a lot of, I felt like at least two or three of those goals were like a guy picking up a trailer late for just kind of a, a quick tap. And, you know, maybe sometimes you get beat by a seeing eye puck but through traffic and you don't pick it up in time or don't you guess wrong. But yeah, I don't know. No, nothing was egregious. I don't think he had his best night where he had just one of those nights where he was kind of miraculously found himself in front of the pucks. But I also don't think it was like, people are really like, Oh, you know, this is Hank. Now we can't inconsistent cause he's old. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true. It's like, they were, you know, they were late till finding a lot of guys like how, you know, two Pavelski tips. I don't know, care who, what goaltender you are. There's a reason Pavelski has been, you know, besides Kreider, one of the best, you know, uh, players at tipping pucks in the entire league. You know what I mean? He's yeah. that for a reason. He knows how to get in front. He knows where exactly how far out to change the angle. So the goaltender has no chance. He's got great hands in front of the net. So like, what are you going to do on those? You know what I mean? So, and as yes, the Steven Johns was just kind of a seeing eye puck from out far. And I didn't see if there was like layers of bodies in front of him, but it was clear it was far out and dipped a little or whatever, you know, maybe you want him to have that. I don't know, but I, I didn't really look at it close enough. What'd you but, think of uh, Quinn's decision yeah, to and then uh, just, put Georgie in for the third? Well, I, I thought it was the right decision. I don't think it's, you know, it sucks because it's like the Rangers had, it's like the Rangers had no momentum going. So it's like you, you risk the pot it getting bigger. And at least maybe he tries to say to Hank, like, listen, you, you know, based on how you just played, it's like, we don't think this is your fault. It's just like, yeah, they weren't really, the Rangers weren't doing really shipping up. It's not like they started tightening and tight tightening up at all. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was, I think it was the right move. He was just trying to send a message to his group. And unfortunately it didn't seem, seem like the message was received. So yeah. 
because it, it, it's pretty much Georgiev, you know, although it was obviously only one period and he didn't have as many, he's what he, he had, uh, the one goal they scored on Georgiev, right? Uh, yes. Uh, um, that was a Corey Perry goal. Yeah. Yeah. Same, and it was the same thing. It wasn't his fault. It kind of right. Well, it was that like a, it was just like a bang, bang play. Yeah, in I mean, front I of thought net, it was you know? the keg's fault, but I mean, again, obviously you're, yeah, well, that you see that because Perry is left alone in the slot, like, you know, literally two feet in front of Georgiev in the slot, and you see McKegg at the last minute, like, clearly out of position trying to get, like, a late stick and do the, the, the lunge with the stick out, like, to get a stick on stick, and it's just two Perry's right there. So what are you supposed to do? So I don't think, you know, I don't think it was definitely the goaltender's fault, you know, no, that, that can happen. Well, do we know so, who's going tonight? I mean, we can start Yes, now, we like- do. It It is uh, Igor Shosturkin. Oh, I'll, wait. Okay. Yeah. I saw that before. See, I thought uh, Georgia was going to end up playing this game when they made the move. And this is where I, I thought, uh, you know, this is what Quinn was doing. George hasn't played in a while. Let's give him the third period, kind of fire up the boys since, you know, you're down 4 2 now uh, going into the third, fire up the boys, get George, uh, you know, some shots, get him, you know, you know, game ready because, man, he hasn't played in a while. Like, yeah, Georgiev so. is playing against uh, uh, Florida on Friday. Okay, so I thought is that who we're playing Florida? Whoever we're playing on Friday, that's who he's playing. Yeah, against. I believe we play. Um, I know this is bad. Uh, anyway, but I, you know, I thought he was just trying to get him some shots before, um, obviously his next start, and I thought that was going to be today, but it's not. Uh, especially because we uh, on the last podcast you made the point that George is has played very well against Toronto in the past, so. No, we, I'm sorry. We played Buffalo on Friday. Buffalo. I don't know why I thought it was that. So um, I think, yeah, yeah anyway. good team to showcase him against if you're trying to trade him. Yeah, yeah of course. And uh, you know, so going into tonight, I mean, this is like a tale of two different teams. I mean, Toronto, uh, they don't play the structure that uh, Dallas does. Um, they go no, up, and, and they have the a lot more talent. I think up front, uh, they're a little bit more flashy and have that offensive punch and can score goals in bunches and. They're not looking to beat you defensively or or break no, you down. And, and now they are without their starting goaltender Frederick Anderson, who got hurt. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is why I thought they should have started Georgie because this would have been you know if George pitches a shutout tonight, you know, I I I mean forget the game. I, I'm more interested in seeing what Toronto Twitter is going to be like tonight. Oh yeah. Well, well, I mean, last time the the Maple Leafs played the Rangers at the Garden, they uh, you know they kind of put put a lot they put four past Georgiev he didn't play his best game true so I maybe by in their mind they're like if well Toronto has another game where they light up Georgiev um you know he's played them five times and he played out of his mind four of those games and I think he won uh I think he won you know three out of those or no maybe he won yeah three out of those four games so I think they're better off leaving just leave that leaving that in their memory he's got like a 920 something against them you know and you know he uh I think the like the one game he lost, he still saved like, you know, out of forty four shots, he still probably saved like you know thirty nine shots out of forty four or whatever it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, Igor's been good. He's been hot. They have a lot of firepower, but yeah, and like I said, because we have they have a, a Sabres team that's slowly imploding on Friday. If you put him in, you're looking to trade. It just makes the numbers and the starts look all that more impressive. You know what I mean? So sure. I think this is the right call. I, you know, I, I'd like to see, um, not that Shesterkin's definitely been tested. Um, this is a different kind of know, test though. Cause this is a team that yes. all they care about is scoring goals. They know they're not going to beat you obviously with goaltending. Now, uh, they're not going to beat you with, you know, good defensive structured hockey. 
uh, yeah, this is gonna, this is going to be a you know a fun night. I think this is uh, you know if I'm gambling, I'm certainly taking the over. Uh, <laughs> and the only person I can see stopping that is Igor. But yeah, it, it should be a fun night. I mean, it's to- going to be a totally different game than the Dallas game. And I think the Rangers will have a little bit more freedom. Look for, you know, Panarin to have a little bit more time and space with the puck and be able to create a little bit more offense for himself. Uh, that'll that'll be fun. And and hopefully the Rangers power play stays hot because, um, you, know, I, you know, I think you'll probably see, you know, around probably the same three or four power plays for the Rangers. So um, I would like to see Kako get one tonight. And, uh, you know, again, there's uh, these games, you know, I know I I said that the Rangers have no chance at making the playoffs, but, you know, they do make it interesting. It seems like the effort's always there and it's frustrating, you know, when you see them not played up to their potential or you see why they're why they're losing and the mistakes that they make that are so, you know, so dumb's a bad word, but they are like dumb little (laughs) mistakes and just shows you the inexperience and and youth that we have on this team but um uh mm. i did want to s- well said yeah no so you know g- going into this game against toronto and looking at ourselves at the standings and and uh you know kind of looking at where we're going to be in a few weeks could be a totally different team um what are the rumblings any anything new on the on the trading on the trading uh end of things um, for the Rangers, no, since we last spoke, no. Uh, well, all right. So, you know, there's a lot of non, there's a lot of non-reliable sources out on Twitter or whatever, you know, guys that just throw stuff out or are hardly wrong, but every now and then they hit on something. So they kind of get like, oh, well, remember he did call that. Um, you know, I heard someone said that, uh, there was a rumor going around that Carolina had kicked the tires on Hank and whether or not he'd be available which I don't think is true. That smells like BS to me, but because I think they'd be smart enough to know he's available. And if, you know, A, he's not available and B, if he is, it's not to go to a team like Carolina. Cause we literally just spent talking, you know, bright lights, Henrik Lundqvist, if he's going to, he doesn't want to do it anyway. He's certainly not going to do it to, to live in the, the, you know, the boonies in Carolina. No, you know, no offense to our Carolina people. Man, we're really we're really doing doing uh, Carolina dirty. But anyway, yeah, just um, let everyone know that we. <laughs> I mean, I would be happy to play for any NHL team, but there are certain markets that I'd rather be in, and you know, it's and and when you know what Andy was saying there is he speaking on behalf of Henrik Lundqvist, who's pretty much said that there's no other city like New York City, and that he's not moving. So don't take it personal. Yeah. It's it's a it's a whole league thing for Hen- Henry. Well. So, yeah. So, I mean, the only thing is that Elliot Friedman, uh, I think 31 thoughts came out again today. Basically eight teams have contacted the Rangers and they've said that Kreider is at the top of their wish list. So that's good. Yes. You know, he's, I heard uh, rumblings that Boston is a heavy front runner for Chris. Kreider. Yeah. They, they, that's pretty much been, I, f- I think that was maybe, I don't know if that was Dredger had tweeted that like a while ago and had said that on, yep. but you know, and I, I, I they, de- that definitely remains the case. You know, obviously he fits, you know, that the makeup of that team, like a glove. Although I would argue Kreider, when you're a big fast forward, you probably fit every team like a glove. You know what I mean? But that's why, you know, I, I at, at least from, sorry, someone outside is, is uh, rolled up in their, uh, they're tricked out, you know, nissan whatever and they're just blasting music um this is why i would never want to play in new york city 
yeah, you know, I hope you like ambient noise because in New York City, no matter where you are, you're going to hear it um, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, I have seen a lot of fans of other teams say that the Rangers ask of Kreider and a first um, is, you know, or, or Kreider for a first and a B prospect is a high. And then Pierre Lebrun, TSN analyst, puts out an article where he just talks about the uh, available trade pieces on the trade market. And he kind of like played matchmaker. And one he had was Kreider to St. Louis for Jordan Cairo, which is really high, which I, I don't personally see happening, but would be amazing. You know, I would drive Kreider to, you know, to uh, Missouri myself if that was the case. But yeah, I mean, they, he's the most value. You know, I think. Well, the thing is, no like, offense uh, to the Devils, but trading trading Taylor Hall, if you know what, if Kreider gets a bigger Hall than Hall, pun intended, man, like that. I mean, she, I guess you can't. Cheryl already got fired, but you know, it's like well, here's the thing: how many guys? And, and this is, I don't think this is the craziest thing in the world. How many teams probably would have rather have had Kreider than Taylor Hall? I know Taylor Hall is gifted, but let's face it. The, the kid's a cancer everywhere he goes. Well, has, has been, I mean, it's not been pleasant. You know. So, you know, you know, Chris Kreider is, you know, obviously he's a career New York Ranger. Um, he's built like uh, a Greek God. He's big. He can be physical. He doesn't know really know how to hit very well, but he can be. And you'll see that as soon as he, wherever team he goes on. Um, yeah. And, and guess what? You're, you're, what you'll get back is only driven up by the, you know, amount of team that, you know, amount of teams that are interested on them. So someone's going to have to overpay for them because there's seven other teams that are interested that may make a, a better offer. So someone's going to eventually jump the gun here and, you know, make an offer that the Rangers really can't refuse. But uh, I yeah. mean, again, you know, too, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, obviously other players out there, you know, the Kings are, are looking to move you know, move some players and, um, you know, with as well as, uh, Kovalchuk, don't, don't be surprised if he gets moved also at the deadline also. Uh, so I just said also like 15 times there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be definitely interesting and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this gets wrapped up soon because I am sick of talking about it, but you know, if we do end up with, uh, you know, giving him the Boston, that'll be, that'll be a tough pill to swallow they end up winning in a cup yeah but you know i mean for as far as boston goes and I, I that's the one thing we've heard is the bruins first and like jack studnika for uh or no i'm sorry not studnika he's he's way too good but uh trent frederick who is like a big you know you know rough and tumble uh bottom six probably topping out player but is obviously very useful i mean you know it uh, it's been put out there that Gorton is not going so much for, you know, young project with high upside as much as he's going for NHL ready players. So well, I did want to ask you about I a mean, player on the Bruins that uh, the, actually sure. the morning skate uh, because they are sure. the guys who do it are Rangers and a Boston fan. So and when this yeah. kind of came into uh, oh God, who's a defenseman, uh, I think he's one of their yeah, prospects he's to uh, Jeremy Lawson. Jeremy Lawson. Oh, Lawson. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know much about him. It was a honest. first in him, and you know, basically, uh, the the kid, you know, the Boston Bruin fan, you know, basically said he was a defenseman, really young, never makes a mistake, just 
great outlet guy and is going to be like a very good, solid NHL defenseman for a very long time. I mean, I'm sure that's the case. I just, the one thing with the Rangers is that they have so much depth in their system on defense that I, they, I, it's clear. I think they need forward prospects that can, even if they, that are just, you know, dependable if basically if that Jeremy Lazon was a forward I think that'd be what they would be looking for like obviously yeah there's always special things you know they're special but I think when it comes to their their decor you know unless it's a guy who I feel is like they feel there's something there if you know yeah I don't I don't I don't know if a if a guy like Lazon is you know and I'm sure they, they're right I mean he might be I don't know a lot about him so he might I might if I do my research and watch some game footage and watch, just watch how he plays in his decision-making. I might say, Oh, this kid is like wise beyond his years and can be a real, like solid stabling, you know, second pairing, uh, number four defenseman. Like, yeah, then maybe that might be worth it. But, um, yeah, I just, like I said, I'm not too familiar in the player, so I don't want to speak out of school and I'll definitely take their word for it. But I do think just based on strictly the fact that the Rangers, uh, you know, defensive depth is so, yeah, it's probably the best in the NHL in terms of their prospect system that they, I do think they would be prefer a forward. Um, one other interesting thing I saw is that Jeremy Bracco left the Toronto Marlies and it wasn't an injury. It was like a personal situation. Um, and it seems like a lot, there's a lot of speculation that it's because he requested a trade similar to Leas Anderson. Like he feels he's never going to be able to break into Toronto's top, uh, top yeah. six you know what i mean because he's like too small and finesse to be a yeah he's too small and like finesseful to be a uh uh you know a bottom really like a bottom six or a, you know a bottom line player and it's like right now if they're you know especially if they're like not going to move on from they're not going to move on from matthews they're not going to move on from nylander they're not going to move on from Tavares. you know so whatever hyman you know i think they hyman brings a dimension that they they don't want to get rid of. They're not moving on from Marner. So there's only one more spot there that Kapanen has. And, and sometimes Andreas Janssen. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, he's clearly going to have a hard time breaking it onto that team. Uh, you know, unless they do Toronto decides to move on from Kapanen or, or, you know, whoever, who I think just got scratched because he like missed a, he overslept or something. But yeah, I mean, it's funny. There's a lot of, I think this next week, um, especially because there's a lot of strange things going on around the league right now between, especially with some of the Rangers potential trade partners, the Bruins are, they're kind of in an up and down mini slump, you know, well, which is um, good. You, you, you know, you kind of want teams to kind of, yeah, panic no, yeah. Toronto. And... Yeah. Toronto, you know, Toronto without their goaltender they're you know, this is, then they're outside of a playoff spot. Are they going to punt again? Can there, will, well, like what, what is going to be, the noise around that team. Well, they know, were on a, like, th- was that a four you know, year rebuild? What did, uh, what you call it? Uh, say he, he gave like a certain amount of years and this is the year in which he said that they would ready, you know, to compete for the Stanley cup. Like, so, you know, right now they're outside of a wild card spot. So they're, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, their forwards are, their forwards are extremely talented. It's just, they're so porous defensively. And yeah, I mean, you know, so obviously Dubas is going to get a lot of flack for that, for the fact that they, on the back end, they really haven't, uh, you know, they haven't found the right guys or the system that they play is not shored up. I think Keith is a good coach. They, you know, Keith, I'm sorry. Um, 
they're, you know, one of the better, you know, since he took over, they've been one of the better teams in the NHL, just they're in a mini slump now. And when you combine that with how poorly they played in the beginning of the year, they're now on the outside looking in. So I don't know, can they afford to punt or do they have to do something? And if they decide if, you know, Dubas tries to be pragmatic, but if he does nothing, how does that, how does that sit with, yeah, how does that sit with everyone? How does that sit with the fans? How does that sit with the players? The fact that it's like, you know, we, we, they're, they feel like not only are they not getting better, but they're starting to backslide. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you get teams like so. you know Florida right now. You know, Florida makes you know a decent move and and get gains a little depth. You know, that's a team that they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot with. And you know, because you have the two uh, two teams right right now in the the Metro, the Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers are sitting in the wild card spots. And then you know Toronto's looking outside and they're competing right now with Florida for that third spot, only a point behind them. You know, you know and it's almost like a game of chicken, you know, who's, who's going to pull the trigger first. Cause you know, once, once a, a big trade gets through, people are going to, teams are going to start to panic. And, you know, cause I feel like more than ever now, you know, teams feel like as soon as they get to the playoffs, you know, it's anybody's, it's anybody's, uh, you know, series, it's anybody's cup. So uh, again, I just think it takes that one first trade and then you see all the GMs kind of panic and, and follow suit because, you know, again, you know, with the way the league is and, and, in the blues run last year, I feel like every team feels like, you know, they have the roster to, to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, uh, I was, you know, while you were talking, I was looking to see if there's any more hockey related, uh, news. And I saw that Kirk Douglas had passed away. So for a second, I was just like, you know, reading about that when you were talking. So in full disclosure, I kind of missed the last two sentences you said, sorry, James, but, uh, our condolences to the family of Kirk Douglas Spartacus, you know, so, Sorry, can you can you just say no, that I was last just saying that again? you know uh, with you know Florida sitting in the third spot in the Atlantic and Toronto you know a point behind them, you know those are two teams that you know are looking to make moves. It's I said pretty much it's it's going to take one team to to pull the trigger and then all the other teams are going to follow suit and, and, and panic. I think um, you know desperately trying to grab that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You'll get you know St. Louis. I know we talked about this a little last last podcast. Look at St. Louis. You, you just got to get to the playoffs, man. It's anybody's cup once you're once you're there. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially St. Louis, if they let's say they do they win out on Kreider and then they get a health, you know, especially if the Rangers retain salary and then they get a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko back, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, uh, like to your point about Florida, they're a team that yes, they've also kind of struggled with their goaltending at times, but offensively, they've been one of the the better teams in the NHL. They're, you know, they seem to be, they score five goals pretty consistently. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just as tight, as much of a bloodbath as the Metro can be, you know, uh, there's still, there's so many, especially with, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm just like, but, I'm looking, I'm looking at the standings right now. I'm just, yeah, I mean, it's wild because every, every day changes. It's, yeah, I, I will say this, that we can, and the podcast on on this question, um, it you know I know you mentioned uh, the kid on St. Louis, but is there a player out there? It can be on any team that's uh, you know a young prospect. He might not even be in the NHL yet. Um, that you have your eyes on that you would absolutely just you know love if the Rangers were able to grab him in some sort of deal. Yeah, you know it's tough because obviously you have your pipe dream prospects, which you know you're not going to get like a Clem Costin on St. Louis or whatever, mm-hmm. but. In terms of the teams that I've heard, it's like, 
yeah, I mean, so like for Boston, uh, you know, the name that's been floated is Trent Frederick, which I don't necessarily think would be bad. Um, you know, I'm pulling up their prospect pool right now, but like, you know, like I I mentioned Jackson Nika before, he's definitely not available because he's, you know, having a great, you know, uh, and again, I had also mentioned that the Rangers with their defensive depth are probably not, yeah, they're, they're not probably not looking for a defenseman. Although again, if it's the right defenseman, you know, who knows, like they'll probably offer up Trek Frederick, but like, who knows, like if, if Boston made a kid like back nine and available, like, you know, I might have to think about it. Cause he's, I think he projects to be a very solid middle pairing defenseman in the NHL, you know, just so, um, but in terms of like, in terms of prospects that I think the Rangers could acquire re- reasonably for Kreider, um, I'm going to go. Um, uh, well, how about this for the next podcast? Well, no, actually, I, I, you got one. Yeah, well, I do actually. So think, yeah. So thinking, especially, you know, we have heard, um, that the Rangers have been, you know, they've that uh, the Colorado Avalanche have kicked the tires a few times. Like, obviously, I would love to have someone like uh, Newhook, but that's obviously not realistic. So, you know what? I, like, I like, I, although he's a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, I think Colorado's a team that they have a lot of prospects that I'm pretty high on. You know, I, I do like uh, Martin Kaut a lot. Him and Heedle ha- have familiarity together. Uh, his AHL numbers aren't amazing, but it's his first year there. But I think he's got 13 points in 27 games as a, you know, how old is Kaut? You know, I think as he's like as an 18, you know, 18, almost 19 year old. So, I mean, I think that there's uh, something there. I mean... Uh, yeah. I, I, what's his name? Uh, sorry, just give me a second. It's uh, oh, or even like, even though I know he's a D man, but like, or or like Shane Bowers or Connor Timmons or someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have some players there I really do like. So I guess my if they could get someone like Cout or even Bowers, who because I know the Rangers need centers who are you know maybe even if they're not the most highly projected skill centers, but they're you know, they're steady players who are defensively responsible and can chip in and, and play in most situations. I, yeah, a kid like Bowers or any one of Bowers or Cout, I would really like from um, Detroit. I'm sorry, from uh, Colorado. Cause they, you know, I was high on them when they got drafted and even though they haven't really like blown past expectations so far, I, you know, I'm still personally very high on them. So, you know, you know, if it's not a pipe dream player like a Jordan Cairo or, you know, a Vakanainen or something, then it would be a kid like a Bowers or a Cout or something like that. So. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have any other, you know, thoughts or uh, comments uh, going into tonight. uh, No, I think, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rangers approach this one, especially knowing that. Do they try to, like, just keep their structure or do they try to run and gun just feeling more confident in their goaltender ultimately and maybe their defense? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it's tough because if you if you fuel Toronto's transition game or sit back uh, too much, they can really 
start to run roughshod over you, you know, and, and overwhelm you with overload skills. You know what I mean? So I, they need to find a healthy mix of both. Sometimes they need to like make sure they counterattack fast and they really, you know, Toronto does seems to get, once you get them in the corner and you, you get pucks deep, you know, you know, um, yeah, if you, if you simplify your game, sometimes Toronto tends to wilt a bit and then that gives you room to like, it gets them out of position. It kind of forces them to abandon their breakout structure. And that's when you can start, you know, uh, scoring goals on them and, and exploiting their poor, uh, team, uh, defense. Um, you know, hopefully Kreider is a game time decision tonight. So hopefully he's healthy. Um, sorry if I seem a bit jittery today, I had three cups of coffee, uh, which is a mistake. But uh, yeah, I, next time you guys hear from us, hopefully uh, the Rangers have a good, Igor has a good showing uh, tonight, and then hopefully uh, Georgiev has a good showing on Friday, and hopefully there's more trade news, because what, there's 10 games left till the deadline, and I'm starting to get a yeah. little antsy, I want some action, you know, I'm waiting for that first domino to fall, like you said, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, then I guess, uh, you know, as I had said before, uh, our condolences to the family of Kirk Douglas and in honor of him I'll end this podcast by saying it's Spartacus season thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.